Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jamil Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Here in the studio with my dear friend, Mr. Mike Tacey McDowell. It's nice being here. Did you fart just after the, and, and then walk away? No, I believe that's your breath backing up. <laughs> don't know. Somebody somebody ripped one off, oh, well, and no, then would... you guys all flooded out of the, well, <laughs> out of the studio. <laughs> I was trapped. That was Chad. The, the cloud was right in front of me. Yeah. And I couldn't leave to go to go to the bathroom, get another beer. I had yeah. to see. I had to open the window. And, no, uh, I wouldn't do that. To you. Bring in some fresh air. No, it was rough. I'll tell you, rough. Rough is when the dog does it. That's rough. <laughs> this was pretty rough. Uh, rough, rough. I guess somebody's eating the same food as a dog. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the pills. So it's it's probably 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 Chad. You know, uh, times are tight, and uh, you know when th- times get tight around the brewing network. Uh, Start sharing the dog food. So, if well, you, you know, when, if you times get, when times get tight, it's a good time to make your own beer. You know, that's uh, right. Time to make you your own beer. Can't afford to buy. Uh, you know, spend nine dollars or ten dollars for a six pack. You might want to uh, get one of these beers and clone it and uh, have you your go. own stash. That's right. Or if you're not doing quite th- that bad, if if times are not quite that tough for you, and you got a, a couple extra bucks, you can you can spread around. You might go to the Brewing Network, BrewingNetwork.com. You donate to the to the to the show to the Brewing Network keeps all these good shows going. Can you brew it? Brew strong. Uh, the Sunday session and some other stuff that they tend to put on the air every once in a while. You know, two bucks a month. It, it may not seem like a lot of money uh, to some of you guys out there. Some some of you guys it will seem like a lot of money. Two two bucks a month. I don't know. Everybody's got their own situation. But for a lot of guys, two bucks a month isn't too much to ask for, uh, you know, this kind of programming. And uh, if everybody does it, it makes a big difference to the Brewing Network. And it gets you in a, a drawing, a monthly drawing That's right. for uh, lots of free, free You're stuff. You're automatically in, yes. Yeah. Uh, so do that if you can. And uh, also if you can, uh, sponsor, uh, you know, uh, contact our, our, our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. Let them know you listen. Let them know you love them for uh, uh, ponying up the funds that uh, make this show possible. Uh, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com, go to their site. They get good stuff. Uh, and they started carrying uh, the Evil Twin as a kit. You can go to oh. Northern Brewer and you can buy uh, my Evil Twin recipe in there. Uh, I think they got it both as extract and all grain. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's actually it uses uh, uh, this uh, massive late hopping additions uh, for all the bittering and everything. And, and it's... Uh, very interesting. If you haven't tried it, it's it's extremely popular. Uh, you know, do a search on the on Google for Evil Twin recipe, and you'll see all the people have brewed it, and all the people who think it's uh, just uh, one of their favorite beers. So, hmm. uh, you can go to Northern Brewer. You don't even have to figure out anything. Just uh, buy the kit from them. They'll they'll send it out to you, and uh, 
you know, it'd be a good way to show them that you love them and that you think they're uh, they're wonderful for uh, helping us out. And thank you for uh, supporting the BN. I mean, they uh, yeah, absolutely they, they like to hear that uh, big time supporters. Yeah, listeners are ordering. You know, even if you if you can't afford to buy anything, send them an email. You know, uh, if you already got an email, uh, you know what we're asking you to do is pretty cheap. Take a few minutes, send them a nice email saying, "Hey, thank you for supporting." Uh, you know, I can't. You know, I can't afford to buy anything now, but right. when I do, I'm sure going to look at you, and I really appreciate that. So they will appreciate it too. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, I've been. Uh, <laughs> you know, these these shows are a little little uh, maybe low energy because I've been working my tail off on this uh, yeast book. <laughs> You're an author, Chris. Chris, uh, Mr. Whitey, Chris Whitey, and and I are working on this uh, yeast book, and I've been doing like 18 hours a day every day <laughs> since I don't know when. Trying to get this thing, you know, where we're coming up on uh, the deadline here in the next uh, about a month. I got a month left. I've been doing every day, massive hours, and uh, whew, it's uh, it's getting there. Hmm. It's going to be a good book. There's a lot of lot of information in there, and uh, actually went on the uh, on the forum, Brewing Network forum, and asked people, you know, what kind of yeast information you're looking for, and a lot of what people already asked for is already in there. Uh, but people came up with some good suggestions, and so uh, I'm going to keep working on that as well. And uh, I think uh, people will be pleased. I think it'll be worth uh, worth buying. Sounds like a book that's needed too, you know. Yeah, it's it's more um, uh, along the practical line. So there's a lot of yeast uh, biology books out there, and you get some books, you know, like a hundred bucks, and they they talk about you know the uh, you know phospholipid you know interchange of the uh, you know. And it's just like, wow, uh, yeah, what's that got to do with brewing? <laughs> yeah. How can I apply that? Right. So uh, this is a book more about um, here's, you know, the things about yeast that affect brewing. Here's how you tweak those things to make your result better when you're fermenting and when you're managing yeast, when you're plating yeast, when you're growing yeast, when you're you know, selecting yeast, when you're, you know, whatever you're doing with yeast. Uh, give you some, you know, shipping yeast, things like that. Mm. So uh, a lot, lot of good information in there. I'm pretty proud of. of there going to be a chapter on wild yeast. We're talking about wild yeast quite a bit, but um, yeah, maybe we need to throw something in there where you're, you know, how to go ahead and uh, you know, culture your own wild yeast and and experiment with them. Maybe Great, we'll... Moraz. Now you just added another four months to the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, there goes the deadline. Got more work to do. Yeah, if yeah. I didn't ask it, so I just wonder there's why another, I didn't ask there's it. another true. sleepless night. <laughs> there well, goes volume section. two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we we talk about wild yeast quite a bit, but um, yeah, I don't. We don't really have anything about. Uh, I mean, we talk about it, but not really. You know, kind of like a how-to of you know starting up your own wild yeast. And uh, doing all open fermentation stuff, we talk about it, but not, not, uh, not kind of like a game plan. Everything we want to kind of game plan, you know. Here's, here's all the reasons why you do this or that or the other thing. All the inputs. Here's kind of the recommended thing. You know, start from here and and you know and try figuring it out from there. You know, so you could start the chapter out by all the stuff you just read. Throw out the window <laughs> and then. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, you know, take your toilet paper after you're done and uh, drop that in there and yeah. see what happens. Oh, oh Jesus! Damn it! <laughs> How about the sponge from the sink? That's better. Yeah, that's better. I mean, just 
Leave it at that. Spit in it or something. <laughs> right. I tell you what, I'll bring you. I'll bring in a sample beer, and uh, you guys can try that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be trying that. Sure. Yeah. You won't know when. Oh. I'll, I'll be like, here, oh, try this one. Cool. It's real good. Ow. That's nasty. <laughs> See what you think. Nasty. <laughs> well, speaking of nasty, what's our uh, next nasty challenge? Here you go. Hey, Jamil. This is Jason and a Matt Hopper in the forum. You know, I've never been a fan of rye beers until a buddy of mine uh, gave me a Terrapin Rye Pale Ale. I found that they use the rye just to give a little complexity to the flavor and a little spiciness to the finish. And uh has an awesome hop balance. Ever since then, it's been one of my regular beers. All I want to know is, can you brew it? There you go. All right. It's a nice challenge. Get us out of the West Coast a little bit, too. <clears throat> Well, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I I actually have not tried this beer yet. Is I that do right? I know it. I I I don't think I've ever tried it. Maybe I have, and I I, I think I've had it know. once, but it was it was quite a while ago. The Terrapin beers are he nice in show. general. Everyone I've had, I've really enjoyed. He he was on uh, right yeah. Spike. Yeah. Yep, yep. Brian uh, Bukowski. Yeah, uh, Spike. He's a real nice guy. Great interview. Great, great. Go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it. Uh, I, I've listened to it. I listened to it, and I think he gives uh, most of the recipe there, and uh, gives gives some good information. Uh, but you know, only for can you brew it? Do they really these brewers open the kimono? They bear it all. And give us, Big give in. us, give us the full the full Monty, complete access, <laughs> inside outside. They give us everything, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what I did. I contacted Spike. I said, hey, you know, I, I know you've been on the show before. I know you're uh, a big supporter of, of, of what we're doing. You know, can I interview you if you can? You brew it. Can I get some some, uh, some help, some suggestions? And sure enough, that's what he did. So why don't we do this? Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from Spike at Terrapin Brewing about brewing uh, rye pale ale. Back after this. Hi. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby, I told you not to call me after 8. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? Set up, thug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my yard? If you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you'd know that. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosher to boil the first decoction. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this, Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. (gasps) Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted Ale and the collector's item Super Alts. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate shipping. 
shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. What's going on, man? Oh, my God. It was the best time. We hit, like, more than 30 breweries and uh, totally the best of the best, you know? Russian River, uh, Firestone, the, the brewery dudes, uh, 21st Amendment, Lagunitas, friggin' Triple Rock, uh, the Double Daddy guy, Speakeasy, Linden, and uh, Firehouse, Gordon Bees, Drake's, dude, on and on. Ale Industries, Moonlight. It was totally awesome. And, and it was the uh, and it was the first annual. You know, I got to be at the birth, the inception. You only get one first time, baby. What's that? Oh, it was the uh, it was the Brewing Network's first annual Winter Brews Festival. Live music, great food. Ah, oh, man, it was uh, Saturday, January 30th. You really should have gone. Check out thebrewingnetwork.com on tap to see what you missed, or did you? The first annual Brewing Network Winter Brews Festival is coming up January 30th. Don't miss it. You're listening to the Brewing Network. I'm speaking with Brian Bukowski, founder, brewmaster of the Terrapin Beer Company in Athens, Georgia. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thanks for joining us again. You, I know you uh, you uh, were interviewed with the uh, uh, Sunday session, also on the Brewing Network, uh, some time ago. So I'm really yeah. glad to, to have you back because uh, I listened to that show and uh, the funny thing was, uh, you got a lot of fans out there that also are fans of the uh, Kenya Brewit show. So they asked us to uh, interview you as well. One thing I wanted to uh, ask you about was just to briefly kind of cover for our listeners on Kenya Brewit how Terrapin Beer Company came to be. It's it's an interesting name for one, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I understand it's a pretty meteoric rise as well for for a company. Yeah, um, I mean, to tell you the true story, how this all came about was that uh, my business partner, John Cochran, and I worked at a brewery in Atlanta, uh, it was about 97, we worked there from 97 to about 99 or so, and um, one day, it was actually, uh, it was Braves opening day, and um, the uh, the brewmaster there uh, or plant operations manager at the time uh, took us all out to the opening day of the Braves game. So we all go to the game, 
and, you know, we had a blast, team building exercise, blah, 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 you know. So the, the next day we come in, well, the operations manager basically got called to the carpet by the owner of the company and yelled at about how he took us to the game and he should have, you know, we should have never left and we could have been sweeping the floors or cleaning the drains or something useful in the brewery and, you know, so obviously he got raked over the coals, so to make him feel better, we said, ah, we'll show him, we'll build our own brewery, you know, we're going to make our own brewery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it really just started as a joke about how we were going to get back at the owner of this company because, you know, he calls you out on the carpet and made you feel bad and, you know, morale, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was funny. Um, We just came up with the name, or actually I came up with the name because, you know, my business partner had some pretty awful names. And uh, (laughs) for me, uh, you know, following the Grateful Dead around in college and, you know, Terrapin Station and Jerry Garcia and the whole thing. um, Mm -hmm. And it just really came off your tongue really nice. I mean, terrapin, I mean, it's just a cool word, and, uh, you know, who doesn't like turtles? I mean, it's not like we've got this big, ugly warthog on the label. I mean, it's a turtle. How could you not like it, you know? Slow, steady, fast, cute-looking guy, you know? So that was the thing. We actually started our own little... Uh, it was almost like a high sign where we would make these little turtle signs across the brewery from each other just to keep us going. And um, we finally got serious, and uh, and we uh, did a business plan. It took us about eight months to, uh, to put this business plan together. And in 2002, a distributor in Athens, Georgia, picked us up, and uh, we were actually debuted at the Classic City Beer Festival in uh, in Athens in 2002, and it, it all kicked out from there. I mean, it began there, and six months later, we won Best Pale Ale in the country with our Rye Pale Ale, our flagship beer, at the GABF, and uh, we actually never looked back. Well, and it's funny. I think, you know, a lot of times you get the impression that people start their own business because, oh, you know, they're going to make themselves rich or, or whatever. But I think the majority of the time it's just that you're tired of working for some jerk who doesn't deserve the the effort that you're putting in, and you'd rather just work for yourself, and then uh, yeah, and then I mean, you know, success comes or not, it, it's that's not really the, the the driving factor. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I get a lot a lot from my dad because you know he's an electrician by trade, but he owns his own business, and um, I usually tell people that I don't play well with others, <laughs> and for me. Uh, I, I think, for me, the more you tell me to do something or the more you're on my back or, or stuff like that, I just, you know, I, I want to do things my way, and the only way you can do that is if you put your head on that chopping block and you go after it and you build your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, because who who else would you have to blame? I mean, you know, there's so many people out there that hate what they do, even if it's 9 to 5, you're sitting in traffic, you're wearing a suit and tie, mm-hmm. you hate your boss, you know, you can you know, you can make two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year, but if you're not happy, what right. good is it? Yeah, it's not worth anything. So you know, the bottom line is is love what you do mm-hmm. and you know, you will reap the rewards um, when it comes out in the wash. I mean, I'm not gonna stay here that, you know, I've got a Mercedes and I've got a house and I've got this and that because I absolutely don't but I'm sure as hell happy, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, 
you know, people are, are happy with your beers, too, because, uh, you know, whether the name Terrapin Beer Company is a really cool name and mm-hmm. a really cool company, um, if it really doesn't matter if the beers weren't any good. I think your right. success is based on brewing some really uh, high-quality beers. And uh, one other thing that uh, I find interesting, I've been cruising around your, your website quite a bit, mm-hmm. and you get got a great website, a lot of good information and uh, you know food pairings with the beers. And yep. you've also got this uh, the side project beers. Now, can you tell me something about that? Yeah, well, the side, the side project beers, um, you know, as as your listeners may or may not know, um, we started out as a contract brewery because you know we were going after funding that we were going after funding back in ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, trying to get capital. And you know, if you weren't an internet company at the time, you weren't getting anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to make a long story short, we were looking for capital, and September 11th happened, and we just ran into so many different obstacles in not being able to raise the capital. Uh, John and I finally put our money together, and we started contract writing. So once the brewery was built here two years ago, I was like a kid in a candy store. I can do what I want, when I want, all that kind of stuff. So we came up with the idea of doing something called Side Project Series. And basically what that is is about every two months or so, I put out, any beer that I want. You know, it's just something that we love to do. And, um, you know, we try to be uh, ahead of the curve. And um, it's interesting. I mean, just to go down the list real fast, I mean, the first one was called Hop Shortage. Now, Hop Shortage, as you guys know, a year and a half, two years ago, we had this worldwide hop shortage. So we decided to put every hop we absolutely had in the, in the beer, in the brewery, and we threw it in this thing, made a big old hop bomb, and called it Hop Shortage. Just for example, we did something called the Rogan Roush beer, which was a Roush beer combined with a Rogan beer. So I called it Rogan Roush beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one we did was called Gamma Ray, where I worked with Savannah Bee Company and used 700 pounds of Savannah Bee Company Tupelo and Sourwood Honeys in a 50-barrel batch. I mean, this thing came out to almost 11% alcohol, so that was the Gamma Ray. Uh, the next one I did was called Dos Cocos, which was a classic porter, but I used cocoa powder in the Whirlpool and aged the beer on cocoa nibs. Uh, next one I had was uh, Monk's Revenge, and that one was a, traditionally, it was a Belgian triple um, by, uh, you know, the, the Grisville was a Belgian triple, and um, we hopped it like a double IPA and used Chimay yeast to ferment it. Uh, the next one was 90 Shelling. I made a nice uh, Scotch Ale, uh, mm-hmm. and we call it 90 Shelling instead of 90 Shilling because 90 Shelling, you know, we're turtles and we have shells, uh-huh. so we did 90 uh-huh. Shelling. Uh, the last one we did was called, or the number seven was Maggie's Farmhouse, uh-huh. and that was a traditional farmhouse beer that I did. And the one that just came out was called Pumpkin Fest. And uh, why I did that is because I like, I, I trained under, under a lager brewer, and I love to brew lagers, but <laughs> all my sales guys here tell me that, ah, lagers will never sell, you can't do lagers, blah, blah, blah. But they wanted me to do a pumpkin beer. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll tell you what. I said, if we're doing a pumpkin beer, I'm doing a traditional Oktoberfest. So it's all Munich, all Vienna malts, and um, some melanoidin malt. And uh, so I basically did a traditional Oktoberfest beer and put over one pound of pumpkin per barrel plus pumpkin spices. So that was pumpkin fest. And then number nine comes out um, by the end of the year, and I'm calling that the dark side. 
And what that is is an imperial stout, uh, and I actually fermented that with West Mall yeast. So that's it. And again, at number nine will be out by the end of the year. So that's those are pretty crazy beers, and I'm just having a blast doing them. It's just a great time. Sounds really creative, and they sound like great beers that um, you know people are are lucky to get a chance to to try these. Now, these are only available what on draft and. Uh, also, They're limited on draft, mm-hmm. and then we put them in 22-ounce bombers. And once they're gone, they're gone. Mm-hmm. So the only – well, I can't, I can't say that, that. That's not totally true. Um, the, um, the Gamma Ray actually made it to the Monster Beer Tour. We have another series called the Monster Beer Tour where I do the Wake and Bake, and I do the Big Hoppy Monster, the Rye Squared and the All-American Imperial Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually switched out the All-American Imperial Pilsner um, for the Gamma Ray, because the Gamma Ray sold so well as a side project that we thought we would put that four back and put that on the uh, Monster Beer Tour. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, and and one of the uh, the beers that we get a lot of requests for is, uh, I guess, your flagship beer, the Rye Pale Ale. Sure, yeah. Now, now that that uh, that kind of kicked you off with a, a gold medal at GABF, which is is difficult to do, especially in that uh, pale ale category. And, yeah, uh, and actually, at that time, that was the last year when the pale ale category was just the pale ale ca- ale category. Now they have two different categories: it's regular pale ale and like a strong pale ale. Mm-hmm. So that year, there was ninety three entries uh, in that uh, particular category. So this must have really stood out as uh, as just a, a great drinking beer. I can see why mm-hmm. people have uh, requested this. Right. Can you uh, help us out with uh, uh, how we might formulate this recipe? Yeah, I think I can do that. Um, I mean, it is a, a basically a traditional pale ale recipe. Well, I don't know about traditional because I actually use rye malt, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it starts out with two-row pale malt probably about 70%. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Munich malt, and uh, not to give away all my secrets, but probably about 90% of my beers use some type of percentage of Munich malt. I just think it lends uh, a certain complexity to your malt bill mm-hmm. by using some Munich uh, as well. So I've got about 10% Munich in there. Um, the rye that I put in there is, uh, is malted rye. So there's 10% uh, malted rye in there. Uh, Then I use a little Brees Victory malt. Um, You can probably sub that with uh, biscuit. Uh, There's about 5% of uh, Brees Victory. And then just to sweeten it up a little bit, I've got about 35 to 4% Gambrinus honey malt. Mm -hmm. And um, that's just really lovely malt. Uh, Really nice and just lends a nice little sweetness uh, that I really like in the rye. so that's pretty much it for the malt bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, hops. When I uh, this interesting story because when we uh, first put, put this beer, even before we put this beer out on the market, people couldn't believe that we were going to come out with this, you know, pretty aggressive pale ale in the south. And I was like, well, what what don't you like about pale ales? And most people are like, well, we just don't like how the bitterness kind of sits on your tongue forever. You know, after you swallow, you know, five minutes later, you still you taste a big hop cone. Mm-hmm. So when I did my research on pills, and obviously I did it on malts and hops, um, I try to use hops with uh, low cohemulone uh, levels to try to keep the astringent bitterness down. Um, so 
forbittering on using some Magnum mm-hmm. uh, at 60 minutes. And um, and then at uh, 30 minutes, I'm using some Fuggle, even though it's pretty hard finding Fuggles these days. Um, but I am I still have some, uh, so I'm using some Fuggles at 30 minutes. Uh, and then at 20 minutes, I'm using some EKGs. Mm-hmm. And then at 10 minutes, I'm using EKGs. And then at Kettle Off, I actually throw some cascades uh, in the whirlpool, mm-hmm. and um, and after fermentation, we do some dry hopping, and we dry hop with Amarillo. Mm-hmm. So it's about uh, it's about thirty eight BUs or so, almost forty BUs. Um, you get about fourteen or so from the Magnum. You get about five or so for the Fuggles. You get about two from uh, the twenty minute EKG edition. About two at the ten minute, and then about two views uh, of Cascade, so mm-hmm. so something like that. I mean, yeah. in that ballpark. <laughs> but, yeah, mm-hmm. it's about 35 to 40 views, somewhere in there. And how about the Amarillo dry hopping? Uh, what, what kind of uh, uh, weight of uh, hops are you talking there? Uh, I use approximately, we, we, we knock out 25 barrels, so it's uh, 10 pounds per batch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. so if it's a hundred barrel batch, there'd be forty pounds of uh, of dry hops in there. Okay, great. And uh, the starting gravity you're shooting for is thirteen uh, three. Uh huh. And, and then thirteen uh, three is is um, uh, a starting gravity. Final gravity. Try to shoot for about three Plato. Okay. So I'm sorry, I don't use specific gravity, but no, I that's can right. actually. And you know, uh, I can do you have a color yeah. estimate on that? Color estimate? Yeah, it's running about uh, probably about six SRM or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not that dark. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, your boil time? Do you do a, a 60, 90? 90 minutes. Minute? Uh-huh. Yeah, in a 90-minute boil. Okay. And, and what about the mash? Single infusion? Yeah, that's all I can do here is single infusion. So we try to hit, we try to hit about a one fifty four temperature, uh-huh. and um, then we boil off for an hour, and then we start running off the kettle. It probably takes about two hours to run, to run the kettle. And what what yeast would you suggest uh, we we try for? We this? use uh, Y yeast twelve seventy two, and I'm not sure what that is under White Labs, but. Uh, it is twelve seventy two from waste. Okay, and uh, where do you ferment that uh, temperature wise? Uh, sixty six. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, sixty six until it's until it finishes out, and then um, I'll pro- you know I'll, I'll dry hop it at sixty six degrees, and then the next day on my second day of dry hopping, I'll drop it to sixty. Mm-hmm. So usually uh, it'll be three days of dry hopping. So um, I'll keep it at sixty. Um, for the next two days, and then we crash cool from there. All right. And and what about water adjustments? Do you guys, uh, what kind of water do you have? Uh, yeah, uh, calcium chloride and also some uh, some gypsum as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other tips for, for trying to brew a beer like this? Um... You know, obviously, obviously, watch your watch your mashing temperature. I mean, you don't want to go too cold or too hot because you obviously will get a thin beer or you know a beer that's too sweet. <clears throat> um, 
it all depends. I mean, if you want to, if you want some more esters, obviously, you know, you can ferment at sixty-eight or seventy. Mm-hmm. Just with with my yeast on a professional scale, uh, if I'm fermenting at sixty-eight or seventy, I mean, that yeast is coming out of the tank. Mm-hmm. You know, even at sixty-six, that yeast really, when it's healthy, uh, really just rock and roll. So I try to keep a little a little hold on it because I. Personally, for me, uh, you know, if, if your beer is done in like three days, I, I think it loses that complexity a little bit. So if it takes its time to ferment, I feel that uh, it has just a little bit more complex flavor than if it fermented in like three days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just watch your uh, fermentation temperature, your mass temperature, of course, and, uh, and yeah, um, brew to win. <laughs> you know? Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your help with this uh, challenge of ours. I think uh, this is going to make a, a really interesting beer, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So, uh, great, great. Thank you for helping out. I'm sure your fans will uh, be very appreciative of, of uh, you sharing all this knowledge with us. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, uh, you know, for me, it came out of my basement as a, as a homebrew recipe, so, uh, you know, anybody can do it. Great. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, uh, bye now. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. 
Brewmasters Warehouse and the brew builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedashev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with DeVille. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> now back to the challenge. Can you brew it? Woohoo! All right. So we're uh, talking... Uh, Terrapin Rye Pale Ale, and uh, Spike was very kind, very generous with his information. And uh, let's see here. So I had all that information. I got got this. uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, I need both sheets because one's in Imperial and one's in Metric. I'd like to give all our recipes in metric, and uh, there's just a few really whiny people about uh, getting imperial measurements. <laughs> when I did just metric before, they were just like, no, you can't do that. I, I can't figure it out. I can't, uh, I can't judge how much it would be. Well, you, you sort of made a convert out of me because I, right. I might have been like... It's so much easier. Oh, man, I'm so used to ounces, but, man, it is so much easier, like you say... To do the hops, which are typically like hops. twenty-seven grams, and or, I, I did hops so, so much easier rather than one point four three ounces. Or something. More accurate too. Yeah, and yes. then and then uh, uh, you know I, I started doing the uh, grains the same way because uh, all these brewers will give you percentages, and the easy thing is you just open up ProMash or whatever software you're using, and you type in if they say oh it's uh, you know eighty percent pale malt, you type in eight point zero. Kilograms. Right. Oh, and it's five percent uh, something something else. Okay, uh, point point five kilograms. Right. Oh, it's uh, you know seven percent this or you know seven you know uh, seven and a half percent this. Right. Oh, point seven five kilograms. That's yeah, base and ten then, instead of sixteen. Right, and then <laughs> all you do once you've got that, you just dial your uh, your uh, volume up or down until your your. Uh, your uh, starting gravity is correct, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you got, and then you got the right ratios. Right, and then just you know factor everything down, and and you're done. And 
takes moments to do it that way. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see here. Uh, starting gravity of uh, 1054 and uh, SRM of 6.8 using the Mori. Uh, that's at uh, 70% efficiency and an uh, anticipated IBU of 40.3 using uh, Rager. 90-minute boil. Uh, let's see here. A, a domestic uh, two-row malt, 4.26 kilograms. Uh, that's a 9.39 pounds. Uh, Munich malt, <clears throat> uh, 0.6 kilograms or 600 grams of Munich malt. That's uh, 1.32 pounds. Uh, uh, 600 grams of rye malt. Uh, 30, uh, 300 grams of uh, victory malt or 0.66 pounds. And uh, 220 grams of honey malt or uh, 0.5 pounds. That's, uh, let's see here. On the hops, we got 14 grams of magnum at 14% alpha acid, 60 minutes. Got 14 grams of fuggles, uh, 5% alpha acid at 30 minutes. 14 grams of goldings, uh, 4.75 alpha acid at uh, 20 minutes. Same amount, 14 grams of goldings again, uh, 4.75 alpha acid at 10 minutes. And then 17 grams cascade, 5.75 alpha acid at 1 minute. And 35 grams of Amarillo, uh, 10% alpha acid for dry hopping. We're using uh, Y-East uh, 1272 American Ale 2. And uh, the mash temperature was uh, 154 and ferment at uh, 66 degrees Fahrenheit. Dry hop uh, 66 degrees Fahrenheit for one day, then two days at 60 degrees Fahrenheit. And they were doing some uh, uh, calcium chloride and gypsum additions to their water. All right. <clears throat> There's the recipe that I came up with. And then, uh, let's see, we all, during the break, and if you're if you're listening live, you can actually go to uh, justin.tv slash brewing network, and you can see us in the studio. Yeah, wave to the camera and smile. And uh, you can see us uh, tasting the beers actually during the show. And we do them blind. Um you know, on the two cups I have here, one has got an eight on it, and one has a star on it. And we don't see what these are. One person does know, and they don't tell us. And uh, we have to determine whether uh, you know the two are cloned or not cloned. And our 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 base standard is: Would you change the recipe or not? You know, if if change does changing the recipe make the two beers closer than they're not cloned? If Changing the recipe makes it further away, then it is cloned. And uh, that's generally our, our take on these things, which is, is actually pretty tight. So uh, you know, yeah. we want these things to be... Right, because we want to make sure that what we come up with is you know is a chance for you guys to make the beer, not... Right. Know, so, yeah. yeah, we don't want to give you... No. Uh, and you know, a lot of times what we're doing <laughs> is... Um, you know, if you find that the recipe that we give varies slightly from what the uh, brewer gave in the interview, it's because we've adjusted for things like their fermenters, their yeah. process, their whirlpool, right. things like that. Um, right. You know, we'll we'll make some adjustments to make sure the recipe is you know the result we get is going to be the same as their fifty barrel batch. Our five gallon batch is going to be the same. Just more tailored to a typical home brew system. Right. 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 All right, so let's go around the room. What we do is, uh, let's see, we try and determine if uh, cloned or not cloned. Uh, Mr. Moraz, let's start with you. I cloned, would, not cloned? I'll start out by saying uh, cloned. Okay. These, this was a 
extremely close example. Um, one was a little more hoppy in the nose, um, but the mouthfeel, malt bill, everything was, and the color is extremely close also. I think it did an extremely good job at this one. This was, mm-hmm. this is very good. Yeah, slightly yeah. fresher hop character in one than the other. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little, we a know little higher, a little higher level. Tasty likes to dry hops. So yeah. I figured that would definitely uh, come through. <laughs> <laughs> On these beers, I always, you know, I, it's tempting to, to use more dry hop, but I always want to. It's hard to put. You got to hold back. I, no, it's well, hard no, to put I. In there. I just, <laughs> it took a while getting used to doing these candy brew. Scale doesn't but, go any lower. Yeah, I have to keep my uh, restrain your reach lower. Not as deep into the hop sack. Way in the hop sack to get some. Well, hops no, in. there was there was one of our first shows. He's like, well, you know, I took some creative license. Yeah, boy, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, creative license. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, I almost got thrown out of the chair. <laughs> Good thing we were on the air. We're supposed to clone these things, not take creative license. It's not like you know, take the beer, and make it better. Yeah. <laughs> It's like make an identical Man, copy. Did I get my beat up for that? Jesus. I love yeah, that. Right. It's it's a really good beer. <laughs> but, um, both examples are excellent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Nicole, how about you? you uh, I, what do you think? I, well, clone, I was clone? kind of on the fence about that because that hop character, especially in the aroma, like Mike was saying, was really standing out. There's just a bigger um, kind of citrusy, maybe slightly apricot like uh, a hop aroma on that star than the other, but. When you consider everything, I think that it's a clone. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Uh, Nathan, how about you? I'd say clone. They were definitely bottled at different times, mm-hmm. but it seems like the same recipe. Mm-hmm. And the way that the the Munich malt, the Amarillo dry hop, and the little bit of rye combined in this beer is amazing. It's a yeah. huge complexity for the amount of alcohol that is in the beer and yeah. everything else. It's a really cool beer. That's a nice recipe. Justin, how about you? It's the cloniest clone I ever had. <laughs> Super cloned. It's so goddamn cloned, it almost went backwards from being cloned. No, it's really uh, it, just the, the same citrus character, uh, which is a really bright citrus. Uh, that, by the way, I'm a big fan of Terrapin beers now. I love this guy's yeah. beer. Um, and Tasty's ears are just as good. It always amazes me when Tasty's beers are uh, clearer though than the than the commercial beers i'm used to seeing like well filtered commercial beers right and almost inevitably tasty's beers are always more filtered than well that's uh, what threw me off <laughs> yeah right because uh, i thought for sure the clear taste? one was the, well, was the commercial right no yeah. tasty man it levels the playing field if yeah if both are fairly clear yeah Right. Really cloned. The, the character of these two beers is so similar, man. Well, I love I'm, it. I'm going to have to go back in the archives. You know, after we after you knock out a few more shows, yeah, and then I'm going to put together a montage of you saying this is the most cloned beer, yeah. the closest thing. Well, as long uh, as it, it, it's it's chronological, right? So it's yeah. still it works. All right, <laughs> I can yeah. keep saying it. Yeah, next time you have to really up it. Yeah, yeah. I I just they're so pretty similar, soon you'll man. you'll take two drinks from the same body and you can say I'm sorry you know it's still not as cloned as as the last one <laughs> that last one that's true it might happen it's gonna gonna definitely uh, reach a peak point for you yeah I I, I would say the same thing I'm uh, I'll call this cloned um, I think that uh, you know they're both real well made beers and I think there's uh, maybe a slight difference in the um, you know the hop character, but um, that could be wiped out with age. Yeah, you know, um, I think they're 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 both well done. I would not change a thing on the recipe, that's for sure. 
And I think, uh, like Nathan's saying, the nice balance of the rye and the Munich and, uh, you know, the, the Amarillo, uh, you know, it's all, uh, you know, a, a, a really beautiful beer, I think. Uh, I can see why this would win uh, an American Pale Ale uh, gold medal at uh, GABF. Yeah. I think it's uh, very tasty. I could, I, could drink a, I could drink a ton of this. And that's fairly low alcohol too, right? What what, what was the uh, alcohol on? Uh, uh, went on to fifty four. Fifty four. So. What did it finish at, Mike? Fourteen, uh, I believe. Mine did. He, he five five and a half, maybe. I think he said three and a half was what he shoot for. It is, uh, yeah, five point five, 5. 5 uh, ABV. Right. Uh, I got my notes here. And it definitely has that dry. Give me another glass character. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's very right. much finish is awesome. Beer. Yeah, right. yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, it's the... Uh, Surprise, the pint is gone. You're like, where'd it go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's got an interesting combination of hops. He's got these, you know, the Fugles and the, and the EKG. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you they know, he's, like, he, like he said, he's keeping the Cohumulone down mm-hmm. so that he gets the IBUs without getting you know, any, you know, sort of pushback and any harshness of those hops. Mm-hmm. And, uh, really, I like the beer style. It's one thing I, I've getting from these uh, Can You Brew It shows is I'm learning, you know, some things about recipe development that I never considered in terms of uh, making well, good beer. And don't you tend to fall into a trap of, well, you know, I like the way this worked out, so I'm going to do the same thing yeah, or in this next beer. And yeah. you, you come up with new recipes, but it's always kind of like, well, it's the same way you did it before. Exactly. And, and, Too close. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this. It's like, yeah. you know, uh, these shows are kind of forcing us to brew a little differently oh, yeah. than yeah. we would or, or do recipes that we normally wouldn't do. We all are very experienced at, at crafting our own recipes. Right. And we're all just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I w- if I want this kind of beer, I'll do this, that, and the other thing. We could come up with a recipe. Being forced to do somebody else's recipe, which you haven't done in a while, it's kind of like, oh, wow, that's yeah. really good. Are you somebody oh. else's yeast? We, you know, yeah. we're, we were talking uh, off oh, air yeah, about the WLP007 and how uh, really we like the yeast. Uh, mm-hmm. At restrained temperatures, it does really well. Yeah. How did the yeast compare to your – because you, you used um, the, the White Labs 001 quite a bit. How's this yeast compare to that? <laughs> it's, uh, it definitely flocks uh, like a ton of bricks. Uh, I mean, it – was clear in like six days, and the old ones not going to get clear until you cool it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it t- I don't know. I'm not getting any any uh, yeast character hardly at all in this beer, and uh, there's certainly like room for it to show up. Maybe a little bit fruity. No, yeah, but I don't know. But the fruitiness of the hops, uh, and maybe not attenuating as much as uh, an 001 would. Well, yeah, I guess there's some of that. Yeah, yeah. Right. especially at the restrained temperature, it's not going to. Uh huh go as far. I imagine 001 at, starting at 54 probably would have gone down to probably 11 for me or something like that. It's a it's a restrained uh, fermentation character like Mike's saying, I think. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, it's not adding a lot of character, but it, just enough to kind of give a level of interest, I think, that adds the, to it. The sheesh is just a hair fruitier than yeah. Calo yeast. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mike, do you think this uh, tasty? Do you think this is uh, cloned? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta like separate out my mics. Too many mics. Like my Johns, go I gotta, I gotta separate out my mics now. We're sitting right next to each other too, so he looks over at us. Yeah. I know. Yeah, they're yeah, both I, looking at me like, yeah. Are your eyes just? Oh, uh, you got a wandering eye, or are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah, I as well think it's cloned. Uh, yeah. The, again, same rules. Uh, I don't know what I would change. Uh, they both have, you know, the, a lot of the same malt characteristics. You could. Definitely perceive the honey malt in both of them. I can perceive the lack of crystal malt in both of them. That's uh, something I've, re- I've never done is not have a crystal in a, some amount of crystal in a pale ale. 
he's uh, substituting this uh, honey malt for it, which mm-hmm. I think is a, mm-hmm. a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I'm really digging that that in the rye. Really nice. Yeah, the rye. It lets the rye come through, I think. Well, I think, you know, that honey malt is kind of adding some of that sweetness to it, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, That's, uh, and, you know, around, uh, you know, 20 to 25 Lovabond on, on most of the honey malts. I think, uh, you know, makes but it still makes finishes good. very nice. Yeah, nice that's clean. good. That's a good beer, and uh, good recipe. And thanks well a bunch to uh, Terrapin for uh, providing that spike for providing that uh, that information. And you know, uh, thanks a bunch to uh, Jason Wyatt for providing uh, not only mm. the request, and, not only uh, calling in. But I also sent him to the store, told him to go buy some some, some beer, and mail it to me. All right. Give me his address. I'll send some of the clone back. Some class act <laughs> we're running Jesus. over here. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, I can't afford to buy my own beer. Uh, yeah. you, could, you could send me some. Well, the problem with this, you know, we're... Is uh, you know we don't have access to it out here. It's it's an East Coast only beer, and that's one of the things that's really very tricky. To uh, I I would think, you know. And, and, and Justin will tell you this. I don't want to even talk to somebody until I've had the beer. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't want to interview them. I haven't tasted the beer. How am I supposed to, to you know, what I'm talking about? Yeah. And you know, let alone brew the beer because you don't even know kind of the level of carbonation. I think one thing that we found is the difference between these two was carbonation. I think, Mike, your your example is a little more carbonated than uh, the commercial example. Mm-hmm. Which is not that big a deal, but but it's a difference, and all those you know little differences can add up. But still, having not tasted the beer before, you brewed right. a clone. That was that's that's amazing, and, and it's a, an attribute to uh, you know uh, uh, you know Terrapin for giving us all the uh, yeah. They obviously we gave us everything we needed so. to make the beer. Yeah. Right? And if we overcarbonate it, that's something we can all adjust for. Uh, right, the way we pour it. But I think you can take this recipe. Listeners can take this recipe, and they can be assured that they're getting pretty darn close. If their process is is uh, well, if the process is good as Tasty's, then sure they're. <laughs> well, <laughs> even if your <laughs> process isn't, there's nothing magic about. Even the if your process isn't, uh, you should get pretty close. You should you should yeah. get a really nice beer out of this. That's very I think cool. you know. Um, Definitely, you're going to want to buy yourself some uh, some of this Terrapin beer, uh, not just the Rye Pale Ale, but you know all their other beers. Uh, you know, it's excellent beers. Just like Justin was saying, everything he's had from them is excellent. Um, so you can kind of compare and see how you're doing on your process. You know, these shows aren't just a uh, a method of oh, I don't want to have to pay for that beer. I, I'm just going to brew my own. These shows are kind of a method of improving your process as well. Absolutely, this it's is a great way to dial in your your brew system. I, yeah. I, that's I do it all the time. You might notice some of the beers. That my recipes are based on commercial beers. Well, at some point, I actually had it pretty well, you know, nailed. Mm-hmm. In. Mm-hmm. But then I then I said, okay, now how do, what can I make? How can I make this beer different or better? Mm-hmm. And that's you know, it gave me a starting point where I had actually you know originally calibrated to the commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. This gives you a chance to, you know, yeah. see how well you're doing right. in your process. Are you doing as well? There are yeah. there things you should be tweaking. A lot of times you're going to find your fermentation isn't quite up to snuff, and what you need to do is uh, go out and buy the new yeast book that I'm working on with Chris White. That uh, <laughs> should be available this fall. No, no, no. Uh, that you need to. That you need to. <laughs> He's already pitching that one. You haven't even made it yet. Yeah, that's really much. <laughs> I'm no longer pitching yeast. I'm pitching books. Can I buy the manuscript? <laughs> yeah. That you should send me the word file. That, that you need to. Uh, uh, let's say that you need to. Um, 
uh, you know, uh, pay a little more attention to fermentation or, you know, it's, or it's temperature. That's one thing a lot of people know. You know, they think, wait, I keep, I keep doing the, the commercial beer and it keeps coming, coming out too much this or too much that. Right, right. It makes them, you know, think like, right. well, what, what is wrong with my process? And, and the great thing about this is, you know, that if you dial your process in right, you're going to be making, you know, you know, it's, it's not a failure of the recipe in this case. That's the thing. Don't, you know, that's, that's, you know, a lot of times people get recipes at random, uh, you know, for some lousy resource like Brewing Classic Styles. Yeah, God knows what kind of recipes those are. That's <laughs> Some hack, you know, providing some crappy recipe. You, you don't know if that beer is going to turn out good or bad. Right. Something like this. You know it's a good recipe. You know yeah. it, it matches that beer. You can go out and buy that beer, you taste can, it to you side by side, and right. you can you, you know that it's not like, oh, well, I just got a bad recipe. You know you're going to have to adjust your process, and, and you can start figuring out where you can make yourself a better brewer, you know, yeah. through through this uh, this whole thing. Right. All right. Are you praying? Are you well, I was going to say, you may want to at some point ask me some of the things I had to do to make this. I beer. thought you already <laughs> were talking about that. <laughs> no. He's more excited. He's got more exciting things about this beer. Tell us, Mike. <laughs> well, Should we take a break? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> What's the producer saying? Yeah, we do need one more break. All right, we need one more break. So uh, I knew that. Come on, I'm a, <laughs> professional. I'm a professional. Yeah, this is all very professional. That goes on around here. Uh, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll hear Mike's stories of the, how he brewed this fine beer. Back after this, I'm so more excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I got to get some stories. Where were we? You stole an oak barrel from the mist of Ravenwood, and Lord Zinfandel the Avenger is in pursuit. Do you drop the barrel and run? Hell no. We need it for a Flinders Red. I'm going to cast Pediacacus Damnesis on the barrel. Sorry. Your ghosts are imprisoned in his winery forever. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. This sucks. What do we have here? Orville Rodenbach? Buzz off, guy. We got a brew session going. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you get a long-lasting foam stand when you think about wheat malt? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the pre-prohibition lager. Perfect for steampunk. And the single hop best bitter. Now on cap and 10 forward. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Uh... White Labs. It's all in the vial. 
When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. And now, suck it, Tasty. All right, I'm going to pour myself a little more of this uh, rye pale ale. And Tasty's going to tell us about his trials and tribulations while he was brewing. Go! Well, that was pretty uneventful. Um, one thing, you know, of course I do is, you know, Jamil read, read the recipe, and that is the, the recipe that is the recipe. But like you as homebrewers are happy to do... But then your creative license. Then I take no. my license. <laughs> Uh-oh. Which is limited now. My license just to be much more creative. you got to revoke. He's, he's got like training wheels license. So, you know, I take the recipe and I apply my efficiency percent. There's no reason to... You know, to think that won't work. Right, you adjust I, for your your efficiency. And yeah, efficiency, and then the, I take a look at all my hops and compare mm-hmm. the IBU, you know, the alpha levels uh, of those to the recipe that Jamil gives me, and I adjust the hop quantities to match. And you know what's interesting is that, you know, when we first started talking about doing this show, we're like, oh, my God, you know, we're going to have to... Like, match the efficiency of the brewery. We're going to have to, you know, I thought we'd this. clone gonna, one out of ten. Yeah, really we're, yeah, we're like, and I was thinking, oh, God, I hope, I hope and pray we can at least hit 50%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're thinking, you know, there's all these little fine factors that, you know, you, that are different between you and the pro brewer. And there's really only a couple of real big ones that you need to worry about. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I uh, whatever I listen to the you know the audio of course before I make the beer. Sometimes I get to taste the beer. Obviously, I didn't in this time. This time, but you know I I try to get the spirit of what he's trying to do, and he emphasized what's what is important and so forth. So, uh, on this particular beer, I did uh, use a different water profile than I normally use. Uh, the water profile I would normally use for a pale ale, I usually. Um, Pretty high in sulfates. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people have commented on that. All right. right. Uh, well, and are you making that change because of the uh, the um, fish uh, alt uh, show? Where? <laughs> I think it's my Javil. <laughs> Absolutely right. I, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Ever where? since that show, I've stopped using. Uh, yeah. I mean, my, yeah, uh, I think that one wasn't cloned because we figured. It yeah, was, I think it was that's water. about the only change we're actually going to make for right. that. And we'll drop a little bit of the crystal, I think, too. But uh, yeah, other than that. Because yeah. um, I now have uh, Anthony Powell's, uh, his actual water profile. So mm-hmm. I'm going to make mm-hmm. exactly his water. Another generous guy. Very good guy. Yeah. Right. 
sent us beer a couple of times already. Yeah, We're going to yeah, need well. some more, uh, Tony. Uh, <laughs> just go ahead and keep shipping me uh, some of your beer. It's kind of rude of us, but... Uh, yeah, I feel so bad, but, whatever. you know. Not that bad. I'll drink it and talk about it, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the water profile that I used is, is what Jamil calls uh, mild ale or dark lager. Is that a standard profile that you got from ProMash, or do you know what the source of that is? No, that's just something uh, it's would, just whatever the default. I don't adjust change that at all. So every recipe I yours? send you says says that exact okay. same thing. Well, this is just more of a a moderate. Uh, it does seem to be. Uh, I'll give you the the, the PPM here. It's uh, seventy five PPM calcium, uh, twelve magnesium, thirty five sodium, uh, one hundred and twenty sulfate, one hundred chloride, and uh, no bicarbonates. Uh, pretty pretty moderate by yeah. most standards, and uh, I think. Uh, you know, Spike mentioned he he does up the uh, the calcium and the, and the chlorides, right? So, I think that this that's pretty much represented in this water profile. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Yeah. So, I think another thing that I thought was different than I would normally do it is that uh, this says to mash uh, 154 for uh, 60 minutes. I usually when I do 154, I pretty much feel like I'm done in 30. But, got you know, I'll take the 30 minutes and go watch some television or something, and uh, let that stuff sit there. <laughs> or some. There'll be no drinking. I don't drink until the beer is put away. No, I guess I had a bad experience. Prepare your hop sacks during that time. Yeah, start <laughs> cleaning hop sacks in case there's a lot of hops. Otherwise, uh, pretty uneventful, uh, uneventful brew. I, well, of course, it was unusual to for me to uh, ferment at 66, um, even though it was the 07 yeast. And I thought it was unusual to... Uh, then go dry hop for uh, two days at sixty uh, mm-hmm. Fahrenheit. Right, which right. I did. Which I think it, uh, I was kind of surprised. I thought it would reduce the uh, the aroma uh, more than what I'm typically getting when I mm-hmm. actually raise it because I'm more of a raise the temperature at the end of the ferment guy. Right, right. So I'm typically doing that through the dry hopping. Uh, so again, I'm uh, opening up my eyes to other ways of doing things through these uh, through these recipes. Mm. Well, you know, I neglected to mention, you know. Oh, well, now you're telling me. That, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we've got Mike Moraz and uh, Nathan Smith are, you know, two of our uh, cloning uh, masters here in the in the studio as well. Because I mentioned them, uh, you know, we're doing like a couple of shows in a row, so I mentioned them on the, uh, the Stone uh, Levitation show and forgot to mention that they're... <laughs> Who well. are these guys here? I hear all these weird yeah. voices in the background. Yeah, they're like oh. phantom voices. That was Mike Ryan. Just the totally that was Nate. Yeah. Well, you know, peanut gallery. Homebrewers, you're just hearing things. I, I, I okay. tend not to pay attention to what's going on around me. I apologize. Oh, we got Nicole sitting down there on on the ice chest. So yeah, you a little short today. Yeah. She's short every day, but she's shorter today. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Just like Doc, the little guy. And any any other? I'm, uh, I'm filling in for Doc. I'm gonna get really <laughs> drunk now. <laughs> <laughs> Start freaking out. <laughs> Anything else, Tasty? No, no. Otherwise, uh, pretty much your standard home brewing day. Great. Well, great job. I think uh, I think you knocked that one out of the park. Great. Uh, and I think it's a you know a great beer. So uh, you got uh, at least five gallons to. Uh, I have ten. Sh- ten. Whoa. So I can come over and drink a gallon and uh, you yeah if I were to invite you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go and you could then I could yeah well alright oh that's great okay well okay alright thanks I appreciate that I'll send you some it's like being me 
Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't fallen that far yet. <laughs> okay. That's good. All right. We got any questions from the chat room about this beer? Yeah, a couple questions came through. Um, you know, one person picked up on the fact that we were talking about how the aroma seemed uh, much more pronounced in Tasty's beer, and he says it is possible that the clone uh, has more aroma because of the age slash transportation sure. of the commercial beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't say it was, you know, that wildly different. It's just that, uh, you know, it, it, as soon as you brew a beer and you uh, package it up, uh, you know, from the moment you add the hops... Um, Time's ticking. Yeah, time's ticking, exactly. Or, you know, even after dry hopping, once the hops are removed, uh, you know, aroma and flavor start to decline. And it's just a matter of, well, you know, I brewed this beer today, and the beer I brewed, you know, two months ago is going to have less hop aroma and flavor than than the current one. You know, um, uh, same thing happens with bittering. Uh, you know, it's not uh, any fault of the brewer. It's just that uh, you know these uh, the uh, the hot bitterness actually drops out as well over time. So you can get a beer that will um, seem a little less bitter, you know, a few months down the road. So yeah, uh, I, I would chalk it up to that. I, again, we wouldn't change the recipe at all. It's close enough that uh, we call that cloned. Okay. And the other question for you guys is kind of a general cloning question. You touched on this a little tasty, but uh, this listener says, I'm 0 and 5 for my clone attempts. And he says, all the beer comes out good and pretty close, but just not cloned. He wants to know what you guys mean when you say you need to dial in the recipe to accommodate your brew system. How is this done? He says, I know my system, but I don't know how to adjust a recipe to my system. What are the well, things you guys are talking about? What we're saying is about? more adjust your system to the recipe. It's, it's, if, you, if you get a fresh example of uh, whatever, this beer, for instance, the terrapin, ripe, ripe, you know, uh, try to make the beer. And if it, if it comes out differently, then you go, okay, then then, then, then why is my beer not as the uh, – why doesn't my beer have the mouthfeel of, of the commercial beer? Well, you may want to you know ask yourself some questions. Well, maybe – Maybe I'm like not giving an efficient enough mash here. Maybe I should be or mashing even, all mine at a good degree higher or something like that to get more mouthfeel. You could be mashing at the exact temperature that the recipe calls for, but it just something's not right. So yeah. maybe your vessel, you need to change your mash. Maybe you need to go up or down a couple degrees mm-hmm. to right, dial right, that right. little part in. Your mouth feels, maybe it's just, yeah, it's, exactly. just, it's just the mouth feels too dry. It's not check, right. Check your mash thickness or something. Raise it up two degrees and brew it again. Or well, so I say, if, if, you know, if I tell you 154 and you brew it at 154 and you go, well, I'm not getting the same beer as you are, Jamil. Um, you know, maybe you need 156, and any time I say 154, you translate in your head and say, "Oh, that means 156 to, to you." Me. Right. Or you know, maybe lower. You know, it just depends. You know, on the equipment, like uh, Mike Moraz is saying. You know, there's adjustments you can make. So the the question you need to ask yourself if if you're if you brewed these, and you say, "Oh, I'm not," you know, what should I change in the recipe to adjust for my system and my process? Uh, like Mike's uh, tasty saying. Um, maybe you need to tweak your process, um, but the, the the first question to ask is what is the difference between your attempt and the commercial beer? Once you identify what that is, that tells you what things you need to adjust. So we need to hear what what sort of things those Good are. The thing is, just to give it to somebody else. Give it to the wife. Give it to the friends. Taste right. these two. Don't just just taste these two. Tell me, oh, it's too sweet. It's too bitter. It's just right. What's the difference? Oh, I didn't even pick that up. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could drink five gallons of it, and they'll tell you something. And it's like, 
now that I now there's the problem. I didn't even know it. Right, it's staring yeah. you in the face, and you don't even see it. I put in you a giant bag out. of I do that to it. Uh, whirl flock, and uh, it tastes like fish now. <laughs> right, yeah. So two of the easy things to change is mash temp and fermentation temp. As long as you got good healthy yeast and a decent right. mash. Those two things are the easiest things to change, yeah. and probably the two biggest things is going to make the biggest right. difference. Fermentation temp, you know, proper oxygenation, pitching mm-hmm. rates, things like that, probably make a healthy major, yeast. yeah, make healthy sure yeast make a major difference. I and, think Mike hit on something important: is have somebody else taste your beer because uh-huh. you might be sitting there saying like, "Oh, I didn't do it, I didn't do it." And right. everybody else might think it's perfectly cloned, and mm. you're just hung up on one thing. You can really psych yourself out when mm-hmm. you're when you're putting when you're under your own pressure. So. Right, That's right. A good point. Well, and 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 one of the other things I'd add is, you know, as much as we like to think that uh, you know the products from companies like Y Yeast and White Labs and dry yeast companies and all these other you know sources of yeast are identical. That's not really true. Uh, there are slight differences. If you t- if you take, um, you know, let's take a WLP 001, you take uh, Y-E-S-1056, and you take ten fifty six, and you take fermentus US O five, and you ferment three beers using the same pitching rate, and I've done the same pitching rate, same wort, same temperature, same design of fermenter. You end up with three slightly different beers. There, yes. it's, it's it's a slight difference. The, the dry is by far the the farthest difference between the two or between the three. And then you know you find different attenuation differences between you know O O one and ten fifty six. I'm not saying any one of them is bad. Any one of them is good. I'm saying all three are different. And if you get a, a brewer that's telling you I used uh, you know Y yeast uh, what twelve seventy two, well then. If you want to brew exactly that beer, you need Y yeast twelve seventy two. If they told you I use White Labs WLP 7 you need to use White Labs WLP 7 And you could go ahead and use what is the equivalent, but expect it to be slightly different. There's going to be uh, you know a different character to them. They are not identical. They're very similar in m- many cases, but they're not identical. Even if they came from what you think is exactly the same source, how it was plated out, how they, you know, the whole thing, when they decided what, because they plate these things out into a whole bunch of plates, and they'd done all, did all these test fermentations on all of them. They go, well, that's the one that truly represents the strain. It's slightly different than somebody else's yes. truly represents the strain. So don't fool yourself and say, oh, it's all the same. No. BS. It's not all the same. They're all slightly different. They're all good. Um, you know, keep that in mind. Okay. And that's it from the chat room tonight. Cool. All right. So uh, another fine show, unless somebody wants me to repeat the recipe again and they can't uh, use the uh, the scroll backwards button on their uh, iPhone. Go for it. It's okay. All right. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> See, I think we, we spoiled them with repeating the recipe before. Yeah, yeah. All right. So... Uh, if you get yourself a chance, uh, you know, support our, our, our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer. Those guys are wonderful, and they make uh, make brewing good. Go to their site, uh, check them out, uh, give, them, give them some love back for, uh, for making this uh, show happen. Northernbrewer.com. Also, if you want to support the Brew Network, go over to the, the BN store. Uh, lots of great stuff in there. They got Bruce Strong hats. They got uh, all sorts of hop grenade. You're wearing the hop grenade polo. 
Yeah. Justin's wearing a polo with a hop grenade on it. I cleaned myself up a little bit today and put on a polo. <laughs> I didn't shower or anything. I just put on a polo. Polo, yeah. <laughs> so clean yourself up is a loose, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, uh, all sorts of good stuff there in the store. Even uh, signed copies, Brewing Classic Styles, John Palmer's. Uh, fantastic book, How to Brew. There's signed copies of that. Uh, they're not signed until not he comes signed? back up and signs more. I do have copies, oh, though. You can buy them right. from us. He has to come sign some more for me. Well, and if you buy some, take them out to uh, the the uh, National Conference in, in Minneapolis, and I'm sure he'd be more than thrilled to sign them for you in person. That's right. Uh, don't be afraid to go up to Mr. John Palmer, ask him questions, and ask him to sign sign stuff for, for you, because he will do it. He's a really good guy. And uh, that is a quality book. I don't care how long you've been brewing. Pick up a copy. You're going to find some information in there y- you didn't know before. Um, I did. you know. So I, I think it's well worth it. And uh, don't forget the uh, Brewing Network Winter Brews Fest coming up Saturday, January 30th. Linden Street Brewery in Oakland. Um, going to be over 30 breweries there. Food by Sean Paxton. Live music. You're going to have a blast. It's 1 p.m. till 8 p.m. Seven hours of joyous time. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be having a fun time, so you should show up, too. You know, I don't want to drink alone, so... Uh, Not for seven hours. Tasty's going to be there the whole time. Tasty's going to be there all seven hours. I'm going to be there at noon, I think. (laughs) Getting the pre-drink on. Nicole will be there for six and a half hours. I've got her scheduled for that. No, I'm going to be there for all seven hours. You are? Good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sleeping at the brewery that night. All right. All right. There we go. And, uh, you know, you can check out, uh, get more information on thebrewingnetwork.com slash on tap for more info. And uh, last but not least, uh, Brew Your Own Magazine. I write for it. Mm-hmm. I do the style profile column uh, every issue. I've done it for several years now, as a matter of fact. And I think I do a pretty decent job of it. So uh, check it out. There's a lot of detail that goes into those those articles that aren't in the uh, yeah. the Jamel shows earlier. So you'll learn a whole different set of information. Uh, I don't know. Writing, I, I come up with different information than I do talking. So mm-hmm. uh, check it out. And if you uh, sign up through the Brewing Network, you will get uh, – the Brewing Network will get uh, uh, some kickback and some, some fundage. Yeah. Help the, the shows go as well. You can do that at the uh, – uh, BrewingNetwork.com. Uh, uh, you can uh, check out the BYO logo. Just click on that. Sign up for your, for the uh, the magazine there, and that'll do it. All right. So another uh, another show in the books. Another fun clone that we all looked <laughs> at. Everybody's happy it was cloned too. It's no repeat episode. Mm. Well, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make this, I'll make this beer again. Yeah. I hope you do make it again. Yeah. I wish we weren't so honest. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we could just lie about these, it would make it so much simpler. Oh, yeah, it's cloned. Clone. Oh, you we haven't tasted the beer yet. No, it's cloned. Yes. All right, so if you're listening live, stay tuned. We got a great one coming up. Captain Lawrence Extra Gold. Yummy, yummy. Our own Nathan Smith is going to, uh, I'm guessing Uh-oh. right off the bat, he's going to knock that one out of the park. That one's going to be more clone than any clone you've ever tasted. Clone, clone cl- what before, you say, Justin? Justin? Clone, clone. All right. Cloney, cloned, cloned. <laughs> Until next time, Bruce Strong. And off it. <laughs>